Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. So there's this little boy who really acted up, and Dad knew he absolutely had to punish the boy. Mm. And the day he acted up, that evening was family night. And on family night, the family had popcorn and played games. Mm -hmm. And everyone in the family looked forward to that. But the little boy had really been a holy terror throughout the day. And so his punishment was he had to go to his room and sit there while the rest of the family enjoyed family night. Well, that makes sense. Well, then the dad showed, after a while, the little boy sitting there feeling sorry for himself. And the dad shows up at the door with a bowl of popcorn. And then he sat over by his son and he said, here's the popcorn, only I want you to go back into the family room. Hmm. And so the boy jumped up and he started to run away and then he noticed that his dad was staying there. Dad, aren't you coming? No, son, I'm going to stay here for you. I'm taking your punishment for you. So the boy was restored to the family Hmm. because the father took his punishment, which was a a real lesson for the boy about what happens to us with the cross and with Jesus. You know, it's very interesting that you mentioned this story because actually the Gospel of John ends with a story of restoration that is that is so hopeful for many of us who have betrayed Jesus Christ greatly. And uh, then we were restored uh, not only to our relationship with Him, but many times to even ministry, uh, mm-hmm. where God calls us to ministry after we have been wounded. And this is the case with Peter. So, if you have ever been in a place that is dark, this particular broadcast is going to bring you great hope. So, we're going to go directly to chapter 21 of John where Jesus appears to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee, and uh, they have gone on fishing. They're quite <laughs> depressed, and many depressed people go fishing. <laughs> they go fishing. i got a friend who every time he gets depressed, he goes fishing. Oh, and really? he likes it on the lake because his cell phone doesn't ring and no one can get to him. Uh, oh, I see. That's good. So actually, he, I used to love fishing when I was a, a young girl, right? and it actually brought me peace. It wasn't because I was depressed. It was just being in the water <laughs> that I loved, um, you know. Um, then Peter and the disciples, this was their profession before they met Jesus. And they're like, you know, if he's gone, we might as well go back and they're not leaving. But they're not doing very good. And this is one of those inclusions. Remember the sandwiches uh, that we talked mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. Uh, there isn't a ministerial inclusion because Luke chapter 5 says this is the exact way that Jesus meets his disciples when mm-hmm. he calls them. They're fishing and then there's this miraculous catch. And now at the end, when they're all thinking this is over, Jesus recalls them, mm-hmm. <laughs> saying, it's not over, it's just started. So once again, we find uh, the disciples on the lake and Jesus coming to see them. And again, they're not having good luck fishing. Mm-hmm. And, and again, Jesus verse, does something pretty spectacular. That's right. So verse 3, Simon Peter tells uh, Jesus they haven't caught anything, but he doesn't realize that it's Jesus. And, and Jesus says, no, you got to cast out your net. And uh, so this is why we're going to pick it up. Uh, maybe do you have a verse that you want to start or? If not, we can do it in verse 5, 6. Verse 5. Let's go with uh, verse 5. Jesus therefore said to them, Children, you do not have any fish, do you? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you will find a catch. 
They cast, therefore, and they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Now, one of the reasons this is important is because you don't catch fish that way on this particular lake at, in the middle of the during day. the day. Yeah, it's absolutely. only at night, and at day, the fish are not there. I have fished enough in lakes to yeah. know that. <laughs> you you're don't catch your net in the middle of the day. You're not going to catch anything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, first of all, amazing that they did what he said, because mm-hmm. I can imagine most fishermen saying, yeah, oh, shut up. <laughs> what? You know, cast the net over here. It's not happening. Who do you think you are? Standing yeah. on the shore, telling us how to fish. Yeah, but at some at some moment when this miracle happens, they recall that mm-hmm. this is the way that Jesus had done it at the very beginning. Oh, yeah, they say. And, and so here, verse seven says, "The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord.' He must have whispered this, and, mm-hmm. and Peter takes off his outer garment and jumps into the water and starts swimming towards Jesus. This is this is Peter who has betrayed Jesus." And now he can't wait to get to him. Yeah. Only it says here that he actually put the garment on and he, because he was stripped while he was working, put the garment on, dove into the water, which is really the exact opposite of how you ought to do it. Why would you try to swim with your clothes on? This is my problem with prepositions in English as a second language. Yeah. It was not off that he put it, he put, he put it, it, it on. on, on, off. I'm it's still having different. problems with on and off. I'm that's, sorry. No, that's all right. Okay. But but he put his garment on and then dove into the water and swam to him. Um, and then when he gets there, it's interesting that um, Peter gets to Jesus, and they have this conversation mm-hmm. of restoration. And mm. let me tell you what this means to me, is that I have come to believe that God uses gospel preachers, wounded healers. Mm. Uh, because if you have been wounded, if you have been in need of the gospel, where else are you going to go? Then preach the gospel because this is your place. This is what saved your own life. And and here we have a person that has been wounded, that has betrayed. And I can imagine all the disciples saying, okay, Peter is out of the loop, man, because, you know, he betrayed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, publicly. Actually, we can go to the betrayal uh, on chapter 18 chapter of John. 18. Yeah, uh, verse 25 starts actually talking about this betrayal. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They said, therefore, to him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, being a relative of the one whose ear Peter cut off, said, <laughs> Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter therefore denied it again, and immediately a cock crowed. Okay, we have this um, in many of the other Gospels, mm-hmm. but uh, John is the only one that tells us that Peter was the one that actually cut off the, the ear. Yeah, the ear and of the and what are the chances you'll find a, a relative yeah. there? <laughs> it's <laughs> like, what are the oh odds? no, yeah. And he says, no, you were there because you cut my relative's yeah. ear. Uh-huh. And uh, here we have Peter in a terrible betrayal, you know, having said, I'm not going to betray you. Are you Are you kidding me? Do you know who mm-hmm. I am? And he, so he. He said, I will die for you. And yet here, a little servant girl scares him to death. And he says, no, no, not me. I don't even know the man. That's the power women have on yeah. men, Mike. We scare you guys. We're, we're going to move right along here with the passage is what we're going to do. So, in verse 15, we have this very solemn um, moment in which Peter is restored to ministry by Jesus in front of the rest of the disciples. And uh, maybe we can start reading in verse 15. And uh, why don't you, Jesus, and then Peter, what do you think about So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my lambs. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep. Simon, son of John, do you love me? (sighs) 
Oh, I am so sad that you keep asking me this, Jesus. You know all things. You, you know that I love you. Tend my sheep. I can't even imagine what it must have been like for Peter. For Peter. And John has to record this at the end of the gospel because this is what the gospel is all about. This is what the ministry of Jesus came to do. He came to talk to all of us that have failed desperately and that we need to fail forward. This is the title of our broadcast today, Failing Forward, because, you know, we have miserably betrayed Jesus Christ. And this is what his, his ministry was all about. Actually, the prophet Isaiah talks about this was the ministry that Jesus came to do. Isaiah 42, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will cry out for, uh, or he raise his voice. He will not cry out. He will not cry out, pardon me, and, nor raise his voice, mm-hmm. nor make his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands will wait expectantly for His law. This is one of the best prophecies that we have about how Jesus will go about His ministry. A bruised reed, He will not break. You know, have you seen reeds that are bruised, kind of bending, Mm -hmm. and it looks like this is the end for them? Well, that Mm -hmm. was Peter. He was a reed that was bruised, and he was a wick. Have you ever seen a smoldering, uh, burning wick that only has smoke and no flame left? Oh, yes. Yes. Could you define yourself like that any time oh, in your life? absolutely. You know it. And yet, as bruised and broken and fireless as I have been, Jesus would not take that broken person that I was and make it worse. Instead, hmm. he restores me. That's what the cross was about. It's called the atonement, at one minute. He hmm. restores us to the Father. He hmm. makes us at one with the Father and renews our experience with him. If you have been blessed enough to actually experience restoration, uh, which many of us have, it, this is a moment where we minister out of love and no longer out of, I got to impress God I, or I have to be famous or I got to draw a lot of people. It's nothing like like that is like, can you believe what he did for me? I'm so wounded. Now he wants me to be a wounded healer to all those that are also needed, needing the, restoration. The most effective communicators of the gospel are people who have been broken and wounded. Because until then, it's all theory. But when you have been wounded and you mm. know you've been wounded and God has restored you, he's restored you to health, he restored you to fellowship, restored you to salvation, then you have something to sing about. Then you have something to praise his name for because he came to restore you. And that's the new song you are given. God's treatment of those who fail is always the same. He restores you because he has done something for you that allows him to do that. He has taken your place and now you can minister minister as a wounded healer. If you are broken today, Jesus came to restore you. He paid your penalty and he restores you. He makes you at one with the Father. His is a ministry of restoration. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at jesus101.tv. That's jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.